In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and I've been recording the last couple weeks from the United States, which is quite unusual for me, but it's nice to be back here. And a good morning, a good afternoon, and good evening to everyone, wherever you may be listening from today. And a special welcome back to our returning listeners. If you And if you're new, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact digitalization and globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive a long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes. We do have a five-star rating. You can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, Leadership Beyond Borders, and tell me what what you want to hear about. If you're in a leadership position or inspired to be in one, regardless if your business is local or international, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take home something useful either for your business or for yourself. So on to what we're going to talk about today. I mean, leadership is the most influential and critical element of business. Effective leaders have the necessary tools and skills to inspire and impact their teams, allowing firms to run completely and smoothly. But there are different levels of leadership. I know I've seen them, and I'm sure many of our listeners too. Leadership levels ranging from non-effective to highly effective. But the question I always ask myself is, how do people become highly effective leaders? How do you take yourself from one level to the next level of leadership? Now, I think one of the things everybody has to do is understand where they are before they can even go down this journey. And I think you need to describe to yourself what you believe strong leadership skills look like in relation to where you are. And this is not just about leadership qualities. It's much more. It's about being able to identify the qualities and the skills and embrace the process that will bring you to the next level of leadership. Now, our guest today has thought a lot about this process and how to help leaders reach that next level, the next level of their potential. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Our guest today is Scott Eblen, and he's the president of Eblen Group, a leadership developmental f- development firm committed to helping clients lead at their best and live at their best. Scott is a leadership expert. He's a global speaker, best-selling author, and an executive coach. Scott works with some of the best-known companies and organizations in the world. 
Scott's work and experience is also captured in two best-selling books, The Next Level, What Insiders Know About Executive Success, and Overworked and Overwhelmed, The Mindfulness Alternative. Business Book Review calls The Next Level a fascinating read and is full of potentially career-saving advice. Overworked and Overwhelmed was named one of the 10 best business books of 2014 by The Globe and The Mail. Scott is an honors graduate of Davidson College and holds a master's degree in public administration from Harvard University. He is certified in leadership coaching from Georgetown University and has a 10-year, he has been a 10-year faculty member of that program. He holds designations of professional certified coach from the ICF. And Scott, welcome to the program. Hey, Kimberly, thanks for having me on the program. So Scott, let's just say your newest book, what inspired you to write that book? Uh, well, so the, the third edition of The Next Level just came out uh, here in the last month or so. And, you know, originally when I inspired, when I was inspired to write it in the first edition back in the 2005, six time frame, it was the thing about write what you know. You know, I'd, I'd been in uh, situations as an executive myself in corporate America where I'd been over in over my head a lot. And as I started coaching, uh, the people that uh, seemed to be attracted to me as a coach were people that were in big jobs. The expectations were really high, but not very clearly defined. And that's what I was trying to do in the next level initially was, you know, define the expectations of executive level leaders and really try to provide some simple and practical ideas that people could apply immediately. And that's really what it's been over the years. It's been about 12 years since the book first came out, and the third edition was just an opportunity to update it with uh, a lot of the insights that I've had from working with people in the eight years since the second edition came out. Mm-hmm. And Scott, over those over those years, when, you know, over the 12 years since the first one came out till now, what have you seen? Has has some of the emphasis in, in leadership styles or how has leadership changed over those years? Yeah, you know, I think leadership and just life in general, I think, is influenced by attention spans. <laughs> and, and and one thing that I've, I've noticed in the last 12 years, and I, obviously I'm not the only one to notice this, but that attention spans are much shorter uh, than they were uh, 12 years ago. And I think, you know, that impacts the way that I coach. Uh, certainly, uh, it impacts the way that I write, uh, in terms of leaders. Mm-hmm. I think it impacts the way that leaders pay attention, uh, themselves. And there's probably less of that because there's a lot more input and a lot more distraction, uh, than there was 12 years ago. I think it impacts the way leaders need to, lead um, because it's likely that the attention spans of the people they're leading are shorter than they were 12 years ago as well. So there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of big changes in that space. Mm-hmm. And I love that attention span. That's fantastic. That's a great way to describe it. I mean, th- this, this shift, okay, with maybe less, you know, a shorter attention span, um, is that basically because of the digital world and, and how we, you know, technology has taken over, um, parts of our jobs and maybe led to us having a a shorter attention span than in the past. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, there are a lot more a lot more screens in our life than there were 12 years ago. You know, in terms of you know the 
supercomputer we carry around in our pocket or our purse, you know, with the smartphones. Um, so that's one aspect of it for sure. Um, I think there are a lot more screens just in public spaces. It's rare when you go to a, in any public space now where there's not a flat screen TV tuned to a to a news channel, you know, or a sports mm-hmm. channel. There's just a, even even at the gas station now there are screens on the on the gas pump that want your attention while you're waiting for your gas to pump into your car, right? So there's just constant input. I think that's that's a big thing. I, I think the other thing that's driving at least in the corporate space, shorter attention spans is the expectations, I think, of individuals uh, are higher now than they were 12 years ago. One of the questions that I ask of, of groups that I talk with, uh, you know, I do a lot of public speaking and to and corporate audiences, and I like to ask the question, how many of you are in the same job today you were in a year ago, but the scope is bigger today than it was a year ago? And usually 80 to 90% of the hands go up uh, on that question, you know, same job, bigger scope. And I think it's a sort of a leading indicator of the idea that most people are expected to do more with less in, in corporations. I think that started in the financial crisis in 2008, and but even as the economies recovered, Pretty much every organization I work in, leaders are constantly expected to add to their portfolio of things they're responsible for mm-hmm. and or accountable for. And, you know, there's only so much bandwidth that we have as human beings to pay attention to, you know, whatever's in front of us. And so when you have more to pay attention to, naturally attention spans get shorter. Mm-hmm. And this this bigger this bigger scope and bigger expectations, um, I'm sure part of the globalization of the economy plays a role in that. Also, have you seen that in in some of the coaching? Yeah, you're doing? absolutely. I mean, you know, the technology, of course, drives that as well. And mm-hmm. um, more, it's it's rare to work in a company now where there is not. Uh, either through a third party uh, supplier or vendor or a third part, uh, or offshore employees of the company itself, you know everybody has global partners at, at a minimum, you know that that are are so you're working across multiple time zones. Uh, you have cultural differences um, that need to be considered and addressed. Uh, so yeah, you know it's a global environment for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure on leaders today. Also, as you, uh, you said in the beginning, but when I'm thinking about that in your book, in the next level, you talk about um, the secrets to success, and and you also talk about you know four reasons leaders sometimes can't cope or some sometimes fail in this ever changing environment. Mm-hmm. What what are the what are those? Well, it, it it depends on how you think about the question, but I, there's a couple of ways I could answer it. One in terms of scenarios that I think are all triggers for, for next level opportunities or challenges, you know, the, an obvious one is you're promoted into a new job. Uh, you know, you get a new assignment. Another one would be the, like I just talked about a minute ago, same job, bigger scope, uh, operating in a constantly changing competitive environment, which everybody does. If you don't think you are, you're not paying attention or your performance bar has been raised significantly in the last you know period of time, which everybody's performance bar is always going up. So any of those four situations can trigger, um, you know, challenges really, you know, next level mm-hmm. kind of challenges. And if you want to break it down to behaviors, I mean, there's a lot of interesting research from from different studies, but, you know, poor communication skills, uh, poor relational skills, 
uh, not really clarifying what's expected. Um, you know, those are different reasons why people fail in individual situations, but kind of the macro reasons are, are the the four that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And do you think, I mean, I've seen this also in quite a few leaders and, and with this competition, with this, the bar being raised, it's sometimes hard for leaders to ask for help. Do you mm-hmm. see that also when you're coaching? Yeah, I do. I, you know, it's, it can be hard for people to ask for help because they, they're kind of trapped maybe in a hero mentality or a heroine mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where I, I've, I've got to do it all myself. And if I, if I have to ask for help, it's an admission of weakness or an admission of failure on, at some level. And, you know, that's just not true. There's very few things that we can do in life completely on our own. <laughs> that's, and, that's, and that's certainly true in business. And, yeah. you know, it just uh, to get bigger things done, you need to work well with people. And that requires asking for help. Mm-hmm. And how, how would you, I mean, how do I ask for help as a leader? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of yeah. hard. You know, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I think, you, you know, I think I, I, I talk with my clients about um, how to work with people. And, I, and everybody feels like networking is important to do, but most people don't feel like they're doing a good job of managing their network or asking for help of the people in their network. And I always encourage them to tie it back to what are you trying to do? You know, what are you trying to do that matters to your customers, to the company, to, to different share stakeholders of the, of the organization? So you got to be relevant. I think you've got to have a clear declaration of what you're trying to do, meaning that it should be about the length of a tweet, honestly. What am I working on and why does it matter? And not just to me, but to you or to the other stakeholders. And then you've got to be ready to make a clear request. And this is where the help comes in, right? This is what I'm doing. That's a declaration. I know you've done something like this before. Can I get an hour of your time to just get the data download? Or you've got resources on your team I would love to collaborate with. Can Could we figure out a way to do that? Uh, you know, whatever the, the clear request is that relates to the relevant declaration. And then really, you've got to be prepared to make an offer, you know, ask that other person, what are you working on? Uh, tell me what, what matters to you and be listening for opportunities where you can make an offer to help them because it's not a one-way street. Right. And I think, you know, the help, there's a reciprocity issue here or an opportunity really. And so to ask for help with no expectation of giving help in return, you don't feel good about yourself and the other person that probably doesn't feel good about you. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a giving and a taking a kind of dynamic that you want, you know, there's a reciprocity of both giving help and receiving help. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, and, and that's, that's a really good point. And that what you see, some of the qualities you see in good leadership. And um, Scott, we're going to take a, a short break now. Okay. And for our listeners, we are talking with Scott Eblen, the president of the Eblen Group, a leadership development firm committed to helping clients lead at their best and live at their best. Now, we've been talking about what leaders need to do today, what the state of leadership is. And when we come back, I'd like to dig a little bit more into your book, Scott, The Next Level, What Insiders Know About Executive Success. For our listeners, if you'd like to reach Scott, you can reach him at his website, Eblen group.com on Twitter under Scott Eblen on Facebook under Eblen group and also website the next level 
info and on LinkedIn under Scott Eblen. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, leadership development expert and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. With that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, and today we're talking with Scott Eblen, the president of the Eblen Group, a leadership development firm committed to helping clients lead at their best and live at their best. He is also the best-selling author of the book called The Next Level, What Insiders Know About Executive Success. And before the break, Scott, we were talking. We were talking about you know the changes and that ha- have happened in leadership today and and over the last twelve years. And we were talking about leaders, you know, how they can ask for help. Now, you've developed in your book and and when you're a coaching practice, you've developed to ways to help leaders move forward. And one of the things you talk about is your personal pyramid. 
in your book. Could you talk about that? Sure, and that's that's actually one of the things that's new to the third edition of the next level is I'm kind of on a quest to constantly make things simpler, <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, yeah, I just think it goes back to the attention span stuff that we were talking about earlier. I just think you have to really make it digestible quickly. And I've always in the book talked about leadership presence, which I think is an important concept. I'm kind of concluding that people who mainly talk about leadership presence are people like you and me who are coaches and that the people who are in leadership roles quite often don't think about that. But if you break it down, leadership behavior, I think there are leadership behaviors that roll up to leadership presence, personal presence, team presence, and organizational presence. There are behaviors for each of those. But where the pyramid idea comes in in this new edition is trying to make it simpler. It really comes down to three things you have to do or three imperatives. I think you have to manage yourself you have to leverage your team and you have to engage your colleagues and the manage yourself uh, imperative is at the foundation of the pyramid. And if you're not doing that effectively, then you're probably not going to make this, the, deci- the kinds of the decisions and choices you need to make to leverage your team effectively. And if you can't leverage your team effectively, then you're not going to have the personal bandwidth to really engage your colleagues in a meaningful way. And quite often, that's where most of the value is created or a lot of the additional value is created is in the colleague collaboration and engagement. So, you know, if you reverse engineer it back from the top of the pyramid, it all starts with managing yourself effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that would is what you call your kind of persona presence, your presence, Pers- yeah, pers- personal person- presence, right. presence. Yeah, and um, it, you know that's kind of easier said than done, Scott. <laughs> okay, for a lot of people, um, because when you're, especially if you're getting promoted or you're going into a new job, we all have a little bit of self doubt in us mm-hmm. sometimes you know can I really do that so how do you overcome that how do you get the confidence to develop this personal presence yeah and so you know there's a series of picking up and letting go distinctions that I make in the book and the very first one is pick up confidence in your presence and let go of doubt and how you contribute I think the first thing is if you're in a leadership role it's likely that somebody chose you for their a group of people most most often chose you for that role and i think the first thing to remember is you're there for a reason you know they've seen something in you and the in your past performance that says to them you're a good candidate to be a leader in this role so know that other people have seen positive things from you that's the first thing i think the other and this comes back to a coach i really respect and admire named tim galway he has a little equation Uh, capital P equals little p minus I. And that means your performance equals your potential minus the interference. And if we could get rid of the interference, our performance would just equal our potential straight up. It would be us operating at our best. However, I think interference, uh, building on Tim's work, I think interference comes in two flavors, basically. There's external and extrinsic interference and intrinsic interference. Extrinsic interference, we can't do much about. It's all the things in our environment that trigger our intrinsic interference and that intrinsic interference sounds like the teacher in the Charlie Brown specials, you know, wah, 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 wah. you know, it's just like, you know, it's just like, Oh my gosh, you suck. You know, like, Oh, if they only knew what you don't know and blah, 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 blah. And I think one is to recognize that that's just 
a thing, right? It's just like it's your reaction to an external trigger. And so it's kind of like know your enemy. If you understand what your triggers are, oh, okay, well, there it is again. Yeah, okay, I've gotten through this before. I'll get through it this time. It's just, you know, it's just my, uh, another way to describe it is your itty bitty shitty committee. You know, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, oh, yeah, there it is again. It's trying to protect me, but I don't need that. I'm fine. And just recognizing it and then getting back to the potential. Let me think about how I really am at my best and and use that as a reference point to kind of get me back to the place I need to be in this situation. What am I trying to do in this situation and how do I need to be? How do I need to show up in terms of my energy and, and so many other factors to accomplish what I'm here to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really funny. I <laughs> like that the the Charlie Brown thing. Um, that's good. And and this is this is uh, you know what I'm hearing in the in from you is is that this is prioritizing a little. You know, being able to to deal with change because because things are constantly changing. You have this external. You have this internal. And um, How important it is for you to recognize what's important and what's not important? Is that part of this puzzle on how to move yourself forward in the process and and deal with these changes? Yeah, I mean, I think that's critical, right? I mean, you know, there's so many things that compete for our time and attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was Eisenhower that said strategy is as much about what you're not going to do as what you're going to do. And, you know, it's... That's true, right? And and so you really need to, that's why it comes back to managing yourself. There are so many things that you could choose to do in any given situation or maybe just reflexively do and not even make a conscious choice. But it's it's keeping your, you know, I, the other book that I wrote uh, references the whole idea of mindfulness. And my simple definition of mindfulness is, uh, two parts. It's first to be aware, uh, aware of what's going on around me and inside of me. And then the second part is to be intentional about what I'm going to do or not do next. Right. And mm-hmm. so that really comes down to what am I here to do? What's really important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. And once you get that and, and you kind of have this this personal presence and you're on the right path, then it really is going to enrolling people and getting your team going. And you mm-hmm. talk a lot about, you know, not selling ideas, but enrolling people. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I you know, we hear that a lot in life. I, mean, I just need to sell that idea, right? Well, it, that seems like a, a very much one-way transaction. Let me sell this to you, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know, and you're going to buy this from me, and I'm going to sell it to you. And it's it just it doesn't feel like we talked earlier about reciprocity. It doesn't feel very reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm enrolling people in an idea or a movement or you know a mission. They feel ownership in that, right? And so what do I need to do and how do I need to work with people and lead people so that they feel a sense of personal ownership and a stake in this whole thing, right? And, and part of the way you feel ownership is to contribute you know, your own insights and your own ideas and to have the latitude to be creative and use the best parts of yourself and and all of that, right? And, and so... That's, you know, those are some of the distinctions between selling and enrolling. Selling is one way and enrolling is almost 360 degrees, really. 
Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, uh, Scott, that's kind of the split that some leaders have to work, you know, instead of just dictating to the team or, you know, managing the team to actually be the leader, but also be part of the team at the same time. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a, a split. And, and that's not that easy to do, is it? No, it's not. I, one of my mentors in, in this space is uh, a huge thought leader named Ron Heifetz at, at Harvard. And Ron defines leadership. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of butcher his definition a little bit, but the, the work of a leader is to help the group identify the work that needs to be done. It's not to tell the group the work that needs to be done. It's to help them identify for themselves the work that needs to be done. And so that suggests, you know, that you are part of the group. You're not holding yourself separate from the group. I just started an interview yesterday with Stan McChrystal, who was the four-star general, the general that ran uh, special forces uh, during the Obama administration. And, and he, he talked about, you know, when they were doing house-to-house raids, basically looking for the al-Qaeda leaders in Iraq back in the day, he would go out as, a, I think, a four-star general at that point. He would go out on the raids himself with, you know, the enlisted men and their officers who were kicking down doors. You know, and it's dangerous work. And you don't expect yeah. a four-star general to be in the middle of that. He said, but, you know, I had to put myself in that situation to demonstrate that I appreciated what they were doing and that I understood what the risks they were taking, mm-hmm. you know? And so he's part of the team, right? And, and that develops trust. And I mean, trust in, in in getting teams engaged is so important. I mean, we have thought leaders like Lencioni who talk about the, you know, trust and and what's how do you think this whole building the trust fits in together in in this process of find managing yourself, leveraging your team, and then engaging the organization? Yeah, well, I think it's super important. First of all, I mean, I, I agree with Pat Lencioni. He's got his own pyramid where trust is the foundation of his pyramid. Right. Um, the definition of trust that I've always found the most helpful is one that comes from a. Uh, a linguist named Fernando Flores, um, and he says trust really comes down to three things: sincerity, credibility, and competence. And you know, sincerity: am I acting with good intent? Uh, credibility: you know, do I do what I say I'm going to do, and do I have a track record of delivering? And competence: do I really actually have the skill set and the knowledge to to do what needs to be done? So if you go back to the Stan McChrystal example I mentioned a, a moment ago about you know being on patrol looking for Al Qaeda with the with the troops, sincerity yes, credibility mm-hmm. for sure, competence yes, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> yeah. the, the, you know the, the yeah. trust that that builds the trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's so important in building teams and as a leader. But then once you have this trust in the team, you talk about organizational presence. And that's that's kind of the big thing, okay? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit, for me, I think it's a little bit harder, you know, to get that organizational presence. What do you think? Uh, it's maybe harder, yeah. I mean, the engaging your colleagues in the or- organizational presence. I think the first challenge is, it goes back to a word I've used several times already, bandwidth, you know, it, mm-hmm. Uh, quite often leaders will get so focused on their immediate agenda that they don't pull their head up to look at what's the bigger agenda. What are we trying to do in this entire organization? And why are we trying to do it? And how does my function contribute to that? And who else do we need to work with 
to make bigger things happen or to help bigger things happen. So, you know, bandwidth is a challenge for it. I think lack of empathy is another challenge for it. You know, I get so caught up in my own stuff that by definition, it's the most important thing because I'm working on it. Therefore, it's the most important thing. And, you know, the empathy uh, of what are you working on and why does it matter? Who does it matter to? Let me figure out how I can help you. Uh, what are you going through? I mean, I think there's a big gap, I think, um, in a lot of organizations, an empathy gap. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the most effective leaders have overcome that gap. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, Scott, we're going to take a short break now. And I, when I come back, I want, I want to keep talking that a little about a little bit about the organizational presence and and um, you know how a leader can grasp that and we'll continue talking about your book and for our listeners we are speaking with Scott Eblin the president of the Eblin group a leadership development firm committed to helping clients lead at their best and live at their best he is a leadership expert global speaker best-selling author and executive coach and he works with some of the best known companies around the world and he's also the author of the next level what insiders know about executive success and when we come back we're going to keep talking about that book and some of your experience and and scott i think what i think is really interesting about your experience is also you were there i mean you were in in you know c level management executive management so so you know what happens right <laughs> yeah you know it was increasingly a long time ago but i, I still remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i i think that's so important um and for our listeners please reach out to scott you can reach out to him on eblungroup.com he's on twitter under scott eblin on facebook under eblin group and also under on LinkedIn under Scott Eblin. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership expert, business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we'll come right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. 
Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, and today we're talking with Scott Eblen. He's a president of the Eblen Group, a leadership development firm committed to helping clients lead their best and live their best. Now, we've been talking about one of Scott's books, The Next Level, What Insiders Know About uh, Executive Success, and I want to continue to talk about that, and I I just want to, before the break, Scott, we talked about this organizational presence, okay? And you talked about empathy. And one of the other things that I've seen in leadership, and, and if I quote, you know, Peter Hawkins, is, you know, Peter Hawkins says that you have to have a systemic view of the organization. You have to mm-hmm. be able to understand where all the pieces go together. And um, not everybody does that. And how does that fit into your organizational presence? How does that fit together with what you're talking about? Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to the pick up and let go distinction in the book that, that best addresses that. It's pick up an outside-in view of the entire entire organization and let go of an inside-out view from your functional perspective. And, you know, that outside-in view, I think, requires a shift uh, in a way, a shift in mindset and approach from a me mindset to initially an us mindset and eventually from an us mindset to a them mindset or a they mindset, you know, you know, me to us is pretty obvious. What are we, you know, what am I trying to do versus what are we trying to do as an organization? But the us to them is maybe sometimes less obvious. What are they doing? And they can be our customers, our competitors, our regulators, pretty, pretty much anybody in the operating environment that has an impact on how we do what we do and how successful we are in doing it. And, you know, quite often we get so caught up in our own stuff that we don't pay as much attention as we should to what's going on out there and, you know, take that outside end point of view. You know, your point about systemic, you know, look at the whole system that we're operating in and, you know, what's the, some leaders are known for their ability to see around corners you know, they you know they can they can predict almost what's happening. Well, those are leaders who have a are really tuned in to the bigger operating system. You know, mm-hmm. and um, they notice systemic changes, and they can they've given themselves enough white space in their brain and their calendar to to you know reflect and consider um, how are those changes going to have an impact on us. Mm-hmm. And and part of that is is to, uh, for leaders being able to really identify their stakeholders also, mm-hmm. um, because I've, I know in my experience, 
sometimes people just don't even think about it. You know, um, you know, who are the stakeholders there? When you're doing your coaching, do you do you talk about that with leaders or, or help them understand the importance of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the uh, another pickup let go distinction is pick up custom fit communications, let go of one size fits all communications. And you can start with this part of the personal presence piece, but you you, you can start with that. There's three questions that I learned from uh, Dave Ulrich initially at the University of Michigan. There are three questions that they can benefit any communications. Uh, they're what, so what, and now what? You know, what are we talking about? So what? Why should this person or this group, this set of stakeholders care? What do they care about? You know, what's their so what? And what's the now what? What do I want this group or this person to know or think or do or feel or believe? Well, that's an entirely stakeholder centric uh, communications model. And again, a lot, of, a lot of folks get so caught up in what their own agenda is that they don't stop to consider that maybe nobody else really cares that much about that, right? Or that what they do care about is pretty different than the agenda that you're driving. Mm-hmm. And so to really ask yourself, so what, you know, is, is and from the perspective of the stakeholder groups, really important. Mm-hmm. And how, how does that fit in? Because you talk about um, a small footprint. Because if you take the systemic view, you know, you really can have an impact on on the, the organization. But sometimes people think, well, it's kind of just, I'm just one person, a small small footprint, as you call it. Mm-hmm. You talk about kind of letting that go, that view mm-hmm. go of your position because that's yeah. critical for success. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Sure. Well, yeah. So the pair is pick up a big footprint view of your leadership role, let go of a small footprint view. And and what I mean by that is if you're a designated leader, you know, if you're somebody that has a title that suggests this person is, you know, an official leader, you are always on stage, whether you know it or not, or want to be or not, you are. People are always looking at you and evaluating you, and they have stories about you. And a lot of those stories don't have anything to do with you personally. They have everything to do with the role that you're in. Mm-hmm. All senior vice presidents are jerks because they don't know what's going on at our, you know, down at the ground level of the organization. This person's a senior vice president, therefore they must be a jerk. Um, and like, wow, how did I get that? How did that happen to me? You know, it's like, I don't think I'm a jerk. Well, maybe you're not, but they think you are. And so you're already starting out at a deficit, right? And you've got to demonstrate through your actions uh, and your your language uh, that you you give a damn, you know, mm-hmm. and that you're tuned in and that you're plugged in and that you're actually not a jerk, um, you know, if that's the story they have about senior vice presidents. And so you can't just think, well, I'm still just me, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing. Well, yeah, you are still just you, but you've got this bigger title now that people have all kinds of perceptions about and you've got to manage their perceptions as much as you, as you manage your own behavior. Mm-hmm. And that and that's really means that you really have to you know develop that sense of of understanding, you know what people are thinking, you know what the perceptions are, and then manage yourself against. So we're back to managing ourselves in order to make sure that 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 role is defined maybe in the way that it should be defined or that you should want it defined. Mm-hmm. So h- how do you recognize in yourself um, what needs to change? Hmm. <laughs> 
you know, it, there's <laughs> there's so many ways to answer that. But uh, one of the, one of the things that I say all the time is uh, leaders control the weather, meaning that if you're the designated leader, however you show up is completely predictive. Everybody, everybody, excuse me, everybody on your team, everybody else around you is going to show up. You set the climate for the organization. If or you help set the climate for the organization, if you're a leader, so one way that you can check yourself is to look around here, look around like how are people acting? Are they running around with their hair on fire? Mm-hmm. If they are, you probably are, or you're probably the one that's, mm-hmm. you know, instigating that. Okay. So what's going on? So that, you know, some self-observation can be useful. Uh, sometimes you're so close to it that it's really difficult to self-observe. So then you could ask, you know, trusted advisors, uh, trusted colleagues, or maybe an external coach. You know, we'll put a plug in for coaching here, <laughs> and 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 go out and get some feedback. I just I do this for my clients all the time, where I'll interview colleagues of theirs, you know, with a set of open ended questions, just to determine how's this person engaging and how are they showing up. You know, we go through it page by page. You know, to say, okay, what do you want to keep doing? What do you need to do differently? Essentially, mm-hmm. and the best leaders accept the feedback you know mm-hmm. but their perception is your reality you know right. however they perceive you is what you've actually got to deal with so do you use do you use yourself in your coaching um you use 360s quite a bit or or i use interview, more i usually use interview, interview based interview based 360s yeah mm-hmm. and then once you get that feedback um we we as leaders have to decide what what kind of behaviors to keep and drop okay Mm -hmm. and and then create a success plan and but that sounds like a lot easier than it is actually to do okay Mm -hmm. um um, how do you help people work with creating a success plan and maybe deciding what behaviors to keep or to drop yeah um, so yeah, the, the, the first appendix in the next level book is about creating an executive success plan. And this is a process that we've used, gosh, probably for 10, somewhere between 10 and 15 years with our clients, probably more closer to 15 than 10. And it really comes down as much as possible to identifying specific behaviors that would make the biggest difference. Uh, like we have a 360 that's based on the next level model. There's 72 behaviors in that 360. I want the, my clients and like our group coaching programs for high potentials to identify, and I'll help them do this, identify two out of the 72 behaviors. The two behaviors are going to make the biggest difference. And then you're looking for action steps that are relatively easy to do and likely to make a difference. So, for instance, I've got uh, I've got a client right now who's the feedback for this person is they could be more patient. Okay, you know that they're kind of uh, sort of reflexively um, saying things that they maybe later regret. You know because they get angry or frustrated in the moment, and because this person's a leader. It has a huge impact, you know, it has a, a, a multiplier effect. Okay, so one thing that uh, we'll probably end up working on is what are the triggers that cause you to pop off, you know, mm-hmm. and cause you to lose your lose your cool or to be in, to exhibit impatience? What are the triggers? And so the next time you've, one of those triggers comes up, can you lengthen the gap between the stimulus of that trigger and your response, your behavioral response. And if you can lengthen the gap, maybe through three deep breaths, three deep breaths is relatively easy to do. And 
almost always makes a difference because it activates the parasympathetic response. It slows you down. You have more space to think thoughtfully, if that even makes sense. It's kind of redundant mm-hmm. to think thoughtfully. but uh, And then choose your response as opposed to just whatever reflexively you react to. So, you know, that's kind of a long answer to a fairly easy idea, which in that example would be get in the habit of taking three deep breaths before you respond. Yeah. And, yeah, that's that's true. It's kind of like I do that before I write an email when I get really mad. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't write it. Put it, in the, put it in the box and read it later. Okay. Yeah, yeah totally. But, um, but it's, also, it's also, you know, sometimes as leaders, we, we, because we have some doubts and we're quite self-critical, um, we forget about the other important part of what behaviors to keep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and do you work with that also with the people you're working on? You know, you do that really well. So keep doing that. Okay? Not yeah. just focusing on, yeah. on what has to change. Yeah. The interesting thing about the strengths, you know, the things that people do well, the, the first two things about that. One is I think they can be, I usually use a, 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 a guitar amplifier as my metaphor. You can dial it up or you can dial it down. You can dial it up to 11 in the case of spinal tap where you can dial it down to three or four, you know, depending on what the strength is. And it all really depends on what you're trying to do and how much of that strength you need to show up with to accomplish what you're trying to do. The other thing about strengths is quite often you'll exhibit strengths as a leader with one group of stakeholders or a constituency, and it works really well with them. It would work equally well with another stakeholder group that you have trouble with, but you just haven't considered really how to apply that strength in new ways or in new situations. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a big eye opener for a lot of leaders. It's like, oh, like you're, you know, you have the strength of being really collaborative with your external partners but you're seen as an autocrat who calls all the shots inside your organization, what would it take for you to exhibit the same collaborative behaviors that you do with external parties internally? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, that would be pretty easy, actually. Okay, good. Go do that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a really important point because I think you know as we become self critical, we forget about this, and and mm-hmm. um, it's important. So just um, I have we're getting towards the end of our show. I just you have another tool that helps. Also, you created a tool called Life GPS. Could you just mm-hmm. give us a couple words about that? Yeah. So the Life GPS is really our big tool for managing yourself, and it's a one pager. It's a, a sort of a a strategic plan for yourself, if you will, that asks three questions for you to answer and have as a reference point on one piece of paper. And the three questions are, how are you at your best? Uh, when you're really living and leading at your best, what does that look like in four or five words or short phrases? Second big question is, what are the routines in four domains, physical, mental, relational, and spiritual, that uh, if you had them in your life would make it more likely that you would live and lead at your best? And the third big question is, if you're consistently doing that, living and leading at your best, what outcomes would you hope or expect to see in the three big arenas of life, your life at home, your life at work, and your life in your community? Mm-hmm. And I have to say for our listeners, I don't, I downloaded it and did it, Scott. It was, oh, yeah? it was, it was good. It was awesome. really good. I really enjoyed it. That. Okay. Good. So we're getting towards the end. Um, so, Scott, last, we have a lot of listeners out there that are leaders. If you had one important word of wisdom or one saying what do you would you like to tell our leaders how can we 
get ourselves to the next level. Okay. I mean, of course, it's a lot of things we have to do, but if you have one important thing, what's the most important thing? You know, in the age that we live in with all of the uh, pressures that we talked about in the first segment of the show, my one piece of advice for pretty much anybody, leader or not, would be breathe. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and breathe deeply from your belly and it activates the the, the breaking system of your body. You know, we have a gas pedal in the sympathetic nervous system and a, and a break, uh, breaking system in the parasympathetic nervous system. And they need to work together. And most of the people that I deal with are in kind of a chronic state of fight or flight. Their gas pedal is on overdrive. Uh, they need a little bit more rest and digest in their life. And a very simple way to activate that is to be very intentional about stopping and taping, taking three deep breaths. And if your belly's moving out on the inhale and moving in on the exhale, that's the right way to breathe in order to activate your braking system. And a little, more, a little more intentional breathing is good for everybody. Well, thank you. That's great words of wisdom, Scott. Um, it's been great speaking with you. And for our listeners, we've been speaking with Scott Eblen. He is the president of the Eblin Group, a leadership development firm committed to helping clients lead their best and live at their best. He's a leadership expert, uh, executive coach, a global speaker, and best-selling author. And his books are The Next Level, What Insiders Know About Executive Success, and Overworked and Overwhelmed, The Mindfulness Alternative. And if you want to reach out to Scott, please do reach out to him. You can reach out to him on his website, eblingroup.com, on Twitter under Scott Eblin, on Facebook under Eblin Group, and also on the website, thenextlevel.info, and on LinkedIn under Scott Eblin. So, Scott, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and thank you for those final words of wisdom. My, my pleasure. Thanks, Kimberly. I really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, thank you. And our, for our listeners, you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders, and it's a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. We also do executive coaching primarily for women. We provide leadership training, systemic team coaching certification, motivational speaking, and much more. If you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. Please also like us on Facebook at Leadership Beyond Borders and on Facebook under Kimberly Lewis and on Twitter under Kimberly J. Lewis. And tune in to us each week, download us on iTunes, and listen to us live each Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time on Voice America Business. And with that, thank you and tune in next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.